Welcome back to the Unbiased Fan Podcast. On today's episode, we aren't talking so much about the games as we are talking about the quarterbacks in the league. Is Russell Wilson the worst quarterback situation in the league? Should Aaron Rodgers be shut down for the year? And who should be the starter for the Jets moving forward? All of that and plenty more. Stick around. Before we get started in today's episode, just really quick, if you do like the podcast, if you do like my episodes, please consider giving me a rating and a review. However you find your podcast, it really does help the channel grow and give it more visibility. Also, follow me on Twitter at unbiasedfan, all one word. Reach out to me. Uh, I really want to make this passion project of mine grow, and by leaving ratings, reviews, follows, all those things, it will help a ton. So thank you, and we'll get right back into the show. So we are entering into December. We're seeing the finish line for the regular season. It's always a bummer. We're now get that feeling that we don't have football for all that much longer. You know, in September and October, it feels like we have the whole whole rest of the season, 17 games, 18 weeks of football. And now we kind of see the the finish line always kind of sucks. But what we do know is where we stand with so many of the league's quarterbacks. We all know that the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports, really. Not just football, but all of sports. There is not a single position that impacts an entire franchise as much as the quarterback does. You could say like a pitcher does in baseball, but the starting pitcher, they have five of them. There's only one starting quarterback on each team. And we have a lot, a surprisingly high amount of bad quarterback play going on in the NFL right now, more than than you would think. A lot of us would think, oh, there's so much talent in the league. The the NFL is so good. There's so many good quarterbacks. It's not really. There's a lot of bad quarterbacks. Really, a lot of bad quarterbacks. But there's one bad quarterback that sticks out like a sore thumb. He's the first bad quarterback that I want to talk about, the first bad quarterback situation I want to talk about. And you, you all know who I'm already talking about before I even get there. It's, it's Russell Wilson, the guy that everyone is just harping on, they're crapping on, and rightfully so. The dude has been bad. Not just a bad play, not just bad quarterback play, really, really bad, franchise-altering bad. He's been purely awful. I'm looking at his statistics, just looking online, looking at the box score. This isn't taking into account gameplay and the missed uh, throws that he's making and just the bad, like the... The gameplay where it's so much worse on tape. This is just a box score. His stats all across the board are down. All of them. This guy used to be one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And he only has eight touchdowns on the season. Eight. Through ten games. He did miss uh, one game due to injury. The team's played 11. But he's only played ten games. Eight touchdowns. This is a dude that used to... Has averaged close to 30 touchdowns a year for his career. He's been in the league 11 years and just hit uh, his 300th career touchdown on Sunday. That was like the one bright spot for the entire Sunday for, for Denver, for Russell Wilson, as he threw touchdown pass number 300. He has eight. His completion percentage is the worst it's ever been. Ever. Ever. Usually when a quarterback's in decline, they'll say something along the lines of, oh, this is his worst season by completion percentage since his rookie year. Nope, this is just ever. This is just 
ever. This is a guy who would regularly go anywhere between 65 to 68% of his passing completion percentage each season. His previous worst season completion percentage was 61 in 2017, and that was kind of a, an outlier in 2017. His other lows were like 63, but he's usually 65, 66, 68% on his completion percentage. This year, if I'm rounding up, it's 59%. Now, 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, 59% wouldn't be terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible at the same time. In 2022, anything below 60 is is awful, is unacceptable. His touchdown percentage is way down for his entire career. His quarterback rating and QBR, both of those are different stats. They're calculated differently, even though their names stand for the same thing because quarterback rating and and QBR basically turns out into quarterback rating. And if you just try and Google QBR stats, you're just going to get the quarterback rating. But both are drastic career lows. Drastic. And I do want to point out that for Russell Wilson, his QBR, which stands for quarterback rating, is so bad. It's embarrassingly, embarrassingly bad. So QBR, for the people that don't fully understand it, is a fancy advanced metric that rates a quarterback from on a scale from 0 to 100. And 50 will always equal average, like an average quarterback. I hope I explained that right. I hope it makes sense. QBR is a rates of quarterback scale of 0 to 150, always being the league average. You can think of it similar to in the NBA with the advanced metric of PER, where they rate them on a scale, and it goes usually it's 0 to 30. Sometimes the people go above 30, but 15 is always league average. It has to be league average based on the calculations. QBR is very similar, where 50 is league average. Wilson's lowest QBR before this season was last season at 54.7, which is league average. And he had a bad year last year. We all know he was hurt. Came back a little early from his injury on his, I think it was his uh, his throwing hand, his throwing finger. It was clear he didn't want to be there. The locker room was divided. So we kind of, like that one was kind of a wash. All of his other seasons were mid-60s and a few in the 70s. This year... His QBR is, sit down, 32.2. Yep, 32.2 on a scale of 0 to 100, 32.2. This is so bad, I can't actually fathom it. I can't comprehend it. I can't grasp it mentally. He is playing so far below league average that it's actually painful for a player that should be as good as Russell Wilson actually is. It's it's so bad, it's so low, and these are just box uh, box score and stats. This isn't taking into account the game film where you watch him missing wide open receivers, uh, sailing passes, bouncing balls in front of him. All of it just looks so incredibly terrible. And let's also not forget... The corny commercials, the Subway Danger Russ sandwich that got pulled. The commercial got pulled because it was so cringeworthy. You would think it was a parody. The terrible, terrible tweets. The post-game conferences, post-game interviews where he says all these words. 
taking he does take some accountability, saying that he needs to be better and we need to get back to the winning tradition for for Denver for what they're used to, and all that's good. I mean, it's better than what other quarterbacks have done when they play poorly. <laughs> Another Wilson needs to take uh, a lesson that lesson there. But when he speaks, I, I have the hardest time actually like believing what he's saying. In the sense that I don't think Russell Wilson believes the words that are coming out of his mouth. He is saying what needs to be said. He is doing the right thing in that regards for like owning it. Like you're supposed to, like your your coach is a quarterback to take the blame and he's saying the right things, but there's no conviction with it. There's zero conviction, there's zero belief, there's nothing. It's hollow. It's so tone deaf. That it's just making things, it's almost like just shut up, just turn off Twitter because it's so bad. Everything is just astoundingly awful. It's just astoundingly so bad. So I have a game I want to play with Russell Wilson. But first, I do want to talk about the altercation on the sidelines between Wilson and Mike Purcell, member of the Denver Broncos defense. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know where you've been because it's been all over social media as far as sports go. But basically what happened is the Broncos are getting their butts kicked by the Carolina Panthers, who are a terrible team. The Broncos defense is doing a pretty good job uh, overall. The Broncos offense is just pathetic as usual. They'd only scored three points at this point in the game. Purcell walks up to Wilson and just starts yelling at him. He is clearly upset. He is clearly pissed off. And, and rightfully so. I would, I would imagine he is so fed up with how bad... Russell Wilson and the offense is playing. All this is going down. It's right there on the camera. And also remember, this Broncos defense is one of the best in the league. If this offense was just league average, they would easily be a playoff team. Easily. This is one of the very best defenses in the league. I think they're ranked like third overall. Instead, they are one of the worst teams in the league. And it's been cleared up that Purcell said to Wilson, let's effing go. Something along those lines. Obviously, there were more words there. It might have been, let's effing go a few times. He's kind of jawing at him, like, let's effing go, let's effing go. A little bit of trying to hype Russell Wilson up, but mostly it looked worse than that. It looked like a guy that's just trying to vent his frustrations. And, and the yelling was bad. Didn't look great. But that wasn't the worst part of it. That's not the worst part. The worst part is how Russell Wilson reacted to being yelled at. I would want my quarterback, my leader, because every quarterback is a leader on their team, to not necessarily yell back in a pissed off way, like, hey, don't you dare call me out, but to yell back and respond in a way to amp himself up, amp the defense up, amp the offense up, and be like, yeah, I got you. You're doing great. We're we're going out there kind of like, you know, Pound his chest. Maybe do uh, one of those shoves you do you see for a teammate where you're hyping each other up and, and just really kind of pump up the team. Like, like show some life, for God's sake. Like, he, Russell Wilson showed no life, no energy, no fire after being yelled at. Instead, this is... I was trying to think of the best way to describe what Russell Wilson looked like when he's getting yelled at. And I have the perfect analogy. He honestly looked just like my little 10-pound dog when she has an accident in the house 
and I have to discipline her for it. That look when I wake up in the morning and I see the accident on the floor and I go, Daisy, did you have an accident? And you'll have to discipline her so she doesn't do it again. And the look on her face is is fear and scared and super, super guilty look on her face, cowering, tail between the legs, all of that. That's what Russell Wilson looked like. He looked scared. He looked fearful. He looked guilty. If he had a tail, it would have been right between his legs. He would have been cowering. There was no energy. There was no fire. There was no look of a leader. He looked like a dog that was about to get beat. Now, I don't beat my dogs, but just that's what it looked like, a scared leader. That is not the look of a quarterback who's a leader. It's a look of a quarterback who knows he can't get it done anymore. He knows he doesn't have it anymore. So now on to the game that I have. I came up with this idea, and I'm actually I'm really looking forward to it. I've been wanting to do this for a couple weeks, and it just feels like after Sunday with the blow-up and how badly the Broncos played against a really, really bad team, this was the, the perfect time to play it. So I want to see if Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos have the worst quarterback situation in the league. Now, what do I mean by quarterback situation? Obviously, I mean the talent and play of the team's quarterback. That's the most prominent part for this game is the quarterback play. But I also mean the contract, the the level of play, the potential that they have, the ceiling. So obviously, rookies are going to have more potential than someone who's in their late 30s, their age, any draft capital that was spent for the team to acquire them, the team and quarterback success. The contract, I'm not sure if I said that already, but I'll say it again, the contract is so big, and the outlook for potentially replacing the team's current quarterback if needed. So teams that are are terrible, but they're drafting in the top three, I'm not going to be as harsh because they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. So that's what we're doing here. Which team has the worst quarterback situation, or rather, which team is there a team that has a worse quarterback situation than Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos? going to go through every team in the league. I'm going to try and make this really fast. And remember, the Broncos have Russell Wilson on a contract for a quarter of a billion dollars for five years. It's a bad contract. So let's get started with Russell Wilson's old division in the NFC West. The Arizona Cardinals have Kyler Murray, who, let's be real, seems to be a poor leader, seems to be inconsistent for play, doesn't seem to be a real gamer, as far as a gamer, as far as playing and getting hyped and being a student of the game, he obviously likes to play video games, which is fine. There's no concern there. As long as it doesn't affect your play on the field, I'm cool if you want to play PlayStation all day. But, and also, Kyler Murray has a big, big, big contract. But let's be real Kyler Murray is younger, he's faster, he's more mobile. I'm taking Kyler's situation over Russell Wilson's. Also, I think that the big part of the Arizona Cardinals situation, their failure, is Cliff Kingsbury is just a awful, awful head coach. And if we could get a coach that's better suited for Kyler Murray, that can work better with him, they can have trust, I think Kyler Murray will improve his play drastically. So Arizona, better. Seattle Seahawks is old team. This is super easy. Geno Smith is not only playing better than Russell Wilson, he costs way less. They got a bunch of picks from the Wilson trade. They're just in such a better situation. There's no way Denver redoes this trade if they have a time machine. 
Seattle, much better situation. Los Angeles Rams, this one is tough because I, I'll admit I've never been a huge fan of Matthew Stafford. I, I've never been the biggest Matthew Stafford fan. I feel like he's a good stat, bad team kind of guy. You don't have a whole lot of those in the NFL. That's more of a basketball terminology. But I feel like he just put up good stats for a really, really bad Detroit team. Remember, he for all those good stats he put up, he's only been to one Pro Bowl. So people are just talking all the time about how he is a, a future Hall of Famer. And it's like, well, how many Hall of Famers have only been to one Pro Bowl? That, that's, that's bad. But he did get his team a Super Bowl last year. His contract is still high, but not nearly as bad as Russell Wilson's. I don't love either of these guys, but I like Matthew Stafford better than Russell Wilson, so the Rams have a better spot. Uh, San Francisco 49ers. Again, this is a team where I don't love the quarterback situation, but or the quarterback, but the quarterback situation is better. Jimmy Garoppolo, he is the definition of mediocre. But with his contract, and granted, I think it ends this year, but with his current contract, he's better than Russell Wilson. Jimmy can at least get the team some W's. His, his ceiling is low, but his floor is high, and Wilson... He's not getting W's. I mean, it's awful to say at this point because I've never been a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, but Jimmy Garoppolo is significantly better than Russell Wilson right now. So all all teams in the NFC West they have a better quarterback situation. NFC North, Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers has a huge, huge contract. He's like 39 years old. He has declined significantly since Devontae Adams left. But he's playing better than Russell Wilson. And Green Bay has Jordan Love, who showed some sparks, some signs of life uh, on Sunday against the Eagles. We should be able to get a really good idea of, hopefully get a good idea of what Jordan Love has. I'll talk about that later in the podcast in this episode. But one of these two quarterbacks is going to be traded. And that puts Green Bay in a better spot because they have some draft capital to work with. Minnesota Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins, you're going to hear a lot. Quarterbacks that I don't love. I don't trust to win a big game. We all we all know the memes. We all know the stats for how bad he's in primetime. But look, he plays well. He's not super, he's expensive, not super expensive, and he's just so much better than what Russell Wilson is, so I'd rather take Minnesota's spot. Chicago Bears, this roster is god-awful. They are so bad at, like, everything. But Justin Fields has come alive and is looking like the best quarterback of his draft class. Easily, Chicago wins here. The Detroit Lions. Oh, boy. Jared Goff is a bad quarterback. He is. He's playing better than Russell Wilson. His contract is bad, but it's not as bad as Russell Wilson's. And they can move off of Goff in this this offseason with a pretty low penalty. And keep in mind, when they traded Matthew Stafford, they got Jared Goff back. But they also got the Rams, some draft picks from the Rams. And it looks like they're going to have, like, what, a top five, top eight pick this year from the Rams. That's part of their quarterback situation as part of the package for getting Jared Goff. So I definitely like Detroit's lines because they are drafting a quarterback this year and their future is so much brighter. The NFC South is a real, real interesting one because Tom Brady is old and I don't think he's going to retire at the end of this season, but he is definitely not coming back to Tampa Bay next season. So what does the future hold for Tampa Bay? Who knows, but Brady's won the team a Super Bowl recently. And with how weak the NFC is, I can totally see the Buccaneers making a run to the NFC championship game. 
So Tampa Bay, better situation. The New Orleans Saints, this one had me thinking for a while. I'm a I'm a lifelong New Orleans Saints fan. I remember the days well before Drew Brees was the quarterback. And unbiased opinion here is, you know, I'm the unbiased fan. That's what I'm supposed to do. Saints offense has been trash. Andy Dalton hasn't been great. There's been a lot of bad wide receiver play. Chris Olave is really good. The Saints offense had a lot of injuries. Jameis Winston got hurt, but wasn't playing very well. Saints also don't have a first-round draft pick next year to potentially draft a quarterback to replace either Dalton or Winston. So you would think, oh, maybe, maybe Denver's is better. But the Saints offense is better than the Broncos offense. Doesn't cost nearly as much. And the Saints are in a better spot. They don't have their first-round draft pick, but they have all the rest of their picks for the most part. So close, but I'd rather take the Saints spot, as awful as that is. As awful as this year has been, I'd rather be in the Saints quarterback room than the Broncos. Falcons, I mean, this isn't great, but Marcus Mariota has been winning games. He's been playing uh, within himself, running, you know, doing a lot of running. They're figuring ways to capitalize on the strength of Marcus Mariota. They drafted Desmond Riddler. Both dudes are cheap. I don't love either of them, but because of the cost, the Falcons are in a better spot. Carolina Panthers, again, this is a team you would think that that would be in a better spot for a quarterback moving forward because they have Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and P.J. Walker. I mean, would, how much different is Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson this year? There's not a huge difference. I mean, the contract is huge, but the play isn't isn't huge. Plus, Carolina is going to be most likely drafting a quarterback in this, this upcoming draft. Again, taking Carolina. Okay, NFC East. The New York Giants I thought about a lot. I don't like Daniel Jones. I feel like he is a running back trying to play his quarterback. He, he has got his fumbling uh, under control, but I don't trust him to throw the ball. I feel like the Giants have been winning a lot of games that they don't have any business, and we're, we're seeing kind of the course correction for what the Giants actually are. They're extremely well coached. Brian Dayball is a great coach. The future is looking really bright for the New York Giants, but... I still have to lean towards the Giants. This is a close one because I don't like Daniel Jones, and they're going to have to pay Daniel Jones pretty soon uh, a big contract to extend him if they want to keep him or or find someone else. I, I was hoping, you know, if I'm a New York Giants fan, we, have, we got our coach. This year you're bad, and you're able to draft a replacement uh, quarterback, but they're not going to be in a position to do so. It's still Daniel Jones' situation is still better than Russell Wilson. The Washington Commanders, okay. The Commanders are my local market team. I see them every single Sunday. Taylor Heineke isn't great. He's not. He is good for at least one bad interception every single game. He makes mistakes. He underthrows. It could be very infuriating. But the dude is an actual leader, all caps, leader on the team. He plays hard. He tries hard. He elevates the team members around him, his teammates. They play hard for him. That You can see the love and respect that everyone on the team has for Heineke. They, they love this dude. For They know he's not great. They know he's limited. But 
watching them play, they play extra hard for this guy. And Terry McLaurin especially seems to just be like this dude's best friend, like like they're brothers. With the contract cost, with how hard these guys are playing, and with Heineke being a real leader, real leader, not this this fake bullshit leading stuff that we see from Russell Wilson, I'm taking Washington. The Dallas Cowboys is easy because Dak is better, and also Philly is a better situation because Jalen Hurts is having one the best seasons of any quarterback uh, currently in the league. So NFC, there's a couple ifs and maybes, but it's not looking too great in that aspect for Russell Wilson. So on to the AFC. We're going to start in the AFC West. Uh, Russell Wilson's stomping ground. <laughs> it's not really stomping ground because he's so bad, maybe getting stomped on ground. The Chiefs, this is easy. Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league, easy. Chargers, Justin Herbert is a supreme talent, better situation. The Raiders, Derek Carr, look, he's limited. He's not great, but he's also never had a great defense or even a good defense in his entire career. Russell Russell Wilson has always had great to good, good to great defenses, so I think Derek Carr's situation is much, much better. AFC North. The Steelers aren't a great team. They're definitely rebuilding, but Kenny Pickett shows a lot of flashes of potential and promise. Again, on this ranking, you're looking at potential, promise, age, talent, contract, all those things. I like Kenny Pickett better than Russell Wilson. And on the rookie contract, that's a way, way better situation. So we'll wait to see exactly how great Kenny Pickett can be, but I think he's going to be a good quarterback. There's nothing that he's done that's made me think Kenny Pickett is going to be a subpar quarterback. Cleveland Browns, this is like a a TBD uh, unavailable for a grade because we just, Deshaun Watson's situation is just so complicated. We'll wait to see what he does. We know his contract is super high, fully guaranteed. They did have to give some draft capital, but we need to see what Deshaun Watson can do, and we're probably going to have to wait until next year to make this great. So this is like an incomplete. If we're doing like a report card in the comparison, this is incomplete. I, I don't want to talk more about the Browns and Deshaun Watson. Uh, Joe uh, For the Bengals, Joe Burrow, we know he's elite. He's the one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And the Ravens, look, Lamar is not having a great season. We know his contract situation where he took the gamble on himself is complicated, but he's still miles better, way better than Russell Wilson currently is, and there's no way he's going to have as bad of a contract given how badly Lamar has played while gambling on himself. AFC South, this this whole division had me thinking for a couple, couple teams. First one is for the Tennessee Titans, Ryan Tannehill. This really had me thinking. This really, really had me thinking because Tannehill isn't great. He can win games. He can get you stats, but he's not a guy who you have a whole lot of faith and trust in going into the postseason. We've seen it with Tennessee and their lack of success in the postseason. But his contract costs less. His deal is done after next season. They drafted a quarterback to kind of work as a pseudo replacement. It's still a better situation. It still is. Jacksonville Jaguars, you have Trevor Lawrence. He has way too much potential on a rookie contract. I'm taking that situation over Denver. The Colts, this one really had me thinking, but... I'd rather have Matt Ryan on my team than Russell Wilson. And I know Matt Ryan isn't good. I know he's never been able to come back after that Super Bowl uh, collapse. That seems to have haunted him for his entire career. 
But with the contract, the play, I'm taking Matt Ryan. I'm just taking Matt Ryan over Russell Wilson this year. The Texans, it doesn't matter who is playing. I'm taking the Texans quarterback situation because they're having the first pick in the draft next year. They're drafting a quarterback, and the future is bright in that aspect because they're, they could pick whoever they want. And it's a good quarterback uh, draft class coming up. The AFC East, uh, I mean, this is just gets ugly. Josh Allen, he's a stud, easily better. Tua, he's not perfect, but he's shown a lot of promise, and they're putting him in situations in Miami to be successful, and he looks good. He looks way better than what we're seeing out of Russell Wilson. Patriots, this one had me thinking too, because you have Zappy, you have Mac Jones, and look, Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. He's bad, bad, bad. He's a bad quarterback. But is he as bad as Russell Wilson? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's worse. Russell Wilson doesn't throw as many interceptions. But that's kind of it. That's kind of it. Also, Mac Jones is is so, so much younger. And we saw some better potential last year from the Patriots. It's, it's close. But really, Russell Wilson has just hamstrung the Broncos so bad with the contract and the lack of picks that they have because they had to make the trade. That the Mac Jones and the New England Patriots or Zappy, their situation is just it's better. It's better. I mean, it's not a great situation, but it's still better. Last is the Jets. And I picked the Jets last for a specific reason because this team I actually was before before Sunday, I was thinking the Jets had the worst quarterback situation in the league. Because Joe Flacco is terrible. He's old and terrible. Zach Wilson, I've, n- I've never, I don't know why he was drafted second. I followed him pretty close. I want him to be successful. But it felt like he got drafted second because of a good pro day and an empty, like, just making throws and practice. You watch him at BYU, he was treated like royalty. He never beat teams that were better than him. Because BYU had, you know, they would win games, so they had a soft schedule every time they played really tough teams. Felt like they would just always lose. I didn't love Zach Wilson. Joe Flacco's done. And so you kind of think, well, maybe, man, Russell Wilson on the Jets, even with the cap space and the lack of picks, that's probably a better situation, right? Well, then on Sunday, Mike White, White Lightning, goes out and lights up. Granted, he lit up a very bad Bears defense, but he still looked great, and he looked great last year. I think he started seven games, and he's like 5-2 and two as a starter, and he revitalized the locker room, and the players seem to be playing hard for him. He, he might be the long-term answer. You never know. This could be a Kirk Cousins RG3 situation where the Washington had RG3 and Cousins, both young players, and Cousins ended up being the right guy. Now, RG3 got hurt and just couldn't get back, but it could be that situation. could be a very similar situation. So the Broncos, on my opinion, my unbiased opinion, have the worst quarterback situation in the league with only a couple of teams that are actually making me think. It's, it's so bad. It is so bad considering the cost that the Broncos made for trading him, all those draft picks, as well as the the contract and how this team has crumbled. This is so hard to get out of, so hard to bury yourself out of as a team that 
the Broncos are going to be down for a few years. I mean, it's so bad that people are looking on Twitter for what his dead cap is going to be if they just cut him. And it's like $30 million a year each year for the next few years in dead cap money if they just cut him. And people are like, hey, I'm just saying it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world if we just cut him because he's so bad. It's, it's embarrassing. Now, why did I save the Jets for last? Because who should be starting the quarterback at quarterback for the Jets moving forward? It has to be Mike White. It has to be. Zach Wilson, by all stats from what I've heard, is the worst quarterback in the league. Like, there's some stats where he ranks like 34th in when there's only 32 starters. So there's some backups or guys are being benched that are still playing better than him. He's never really shown a whole lot of leadership or attitude. He has a kind of an arrogance. This isn't, you know, Rich Eisen said all the time last week, this isn't Provo, man. This isn't Provo, Utah. This is New York. You have to be a leader. You have to stand up. And the first thing you're taught, should be taught as a quarterback is to be a leader. When things go bad, it's your fault. When things go right, it's the team's success. And he's never really owned, never really shown that. And that press conference last week where the, the, the Jets were just terrible. They had more punts than completions. And the reporter asked him, did you let the defense down? And Zach Wilson's like, no, no. Showing zero accountability, zero remorse, zero care. And that's bad. That loses a locker room. 100%. And this is a tough locker room. These guys play really, really hard for their coach. And I think they need to start Mike White for the next few games because this is a team that should be in the playoffs. They're they are good enough. They have great. They have a fantastic defense, a scary defense. They have good weapons on offense. They just need a quarterback. And the quarterback's been causing them to lose games. And if Mike White can win them games, he should be starting. So I think I think Mac what Mike White should be starting moving forward. And the last topic I want to bring up is with the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers. Who should be starting the rest of the year? And and to me, the answer is absolutely obvious. It's Jordan Love. Regardless of what you think of Jordan Love, of how good you think he can be, or, or what his potential is, you have to start Jordan Love. You have to. Green Bay is 4-8 and eight currently. 4-8. and eight. They are not going to make the playoffs. They're not mathematically eliminated because I don't think any team is technically mathematically eliminated. But they're done. They're absolutely done when you consider they have the Bears, Rams, Dolphins, Vikings, Lions. There's only a couple teams that really scare me there. But how many of those games are the Packers actually going to win? Aaron Rodgers is hurt. He's already been playing with a broken thumb. He has a rib injury. The season is lost. The season is over. You need to start Jordan Love. He has to play. You have to see what you have with Jordan Love. You drafted him a few years ago. And in the first round, you traded up to draft him in the first round. And the way the contract works is after their third year, the teams need to decide if they're going to pick up the, their first-round draft pick's fifth-year option. And if if they like what they see, if he plays well, 
they can gather more information because he could look good in practice, but you need to see what he can do on the field against an opponent with a loud crowd to win a game. He looked pretty good against Philadelphia, so there is, there is some hope there. We, we do have some hope for Green Bay fans to maybe the, the torch could be passed, maybe not, but you have to see, because let's look at it a couple different ways. Let's say that Aaron Rodgers sits and Jordan Love plays well, looks good, looks sharp, not great, but looks good. Looks like he's improved. And they're like, they go to Aaron Rodgers and say, hey, how long are you going to play? And Aaron Rodgers is like, I'm going to play at least the rest of my career, the rest of my contract, at least another two years, maybe three. I'm like, okay, if you're playing for three years and you're committing to us, we're going to trade Jordan Love for a second round pick, maybe a first round pick. Because there are teams that would want to make that trade. You could look at Washington, you could look at New Orleans, you could look at Atlanta, teams that aren't bottoming out to, or the New York Giants, teams that aren't bottoming out to get a quarterback in the draft, but need something better. I could totally see some of these teams doing that. And then the Packers can then get some help on offense to help Aaron Rodgers and it fixes the team. That's one scenario. The other scenario is Aaron Rodgers is like, well, you know, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play. And they say, okay, we're going to sign Jordan Love for one more year. Aaron Rodgers retires. And then they have their quarterback of the future because they he did show some promise. Third option is you could trade Aaron Rodgers if Jordan Love shows some promise. I don't know how the dead cap and the contract works for the trade because I know his contract is huge. But those are your options. The option if you don't start Jordan Love next uh, next week for the rest of the year is you have to make a, a blind decision on paying a guy for his fifth-year option or not. If you pay him and he sucks, well, then that's more money and a roster spot that's wasted. If you don't pay him and he walks in free agency the next year, then you missed out on either a trade piece or a replacement for Aaron Rodgers. You have to start him. Aaron Rodgers is hurt. He's banged up. They're not making the playoffs. Just Aaron Rodgers can just rest, recover, get ready for next year, get himself right, and the Packers can gather as much data as they can on Jordan Love, have these two potential trade pieces with Rodgers and Love to try and improve the team for next year. You have to. And my best friend, Chad, he's a huge Packer fan. He wants Jordan Love to be starting moving forward as well. So Packer fans are already thinking this as well. All right. And that is actually going to wrap up this week's episode. Sorry, I didn't have an episode last week. I had a whole lot of house issues that pulled me away from from recording a podcast episode. So I do apologize, but I will be continuing to record and put out episodes moving forward. Again, if you do like this channel, if you do like my podcast, you like my episodes, please do consider leaving a review, leaving a rating, however it is on whichever platform you're listening. Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, follow me on Twitter at unbiasedfan, all one word. I want this passion project of mine to truly grow. And the only way I'm going to do that is with help and support from you guys out there. And I do appreciate the people that do listen. I'll be back with another episode. and I'll catch you guys next time.